0: Hey and welcome to a review of round four of the Rugby Championship and with me this week to discuss the return of of equilibrium in the rugby world and return of New Zealand to the top of the Rugby Championship is Blake and James. How are you boys? Not as cheery as last week. It's a topsy-turvy sort of world, isn't it? And
1: I ran at it with a hyperbole last week, so, you know, they made me look like a dick. But that's how I am. How are you, mate? Yeah, Yeah, you, Jim, why not? Jump in there.
2: Uh, look, bitterly disappointed, really, in the spectacle that was the weekend. Bitterly disappointed. Well, we talked about last week, and I uh, can understand the,
0: the bitter disappointment, and especially with it being, uh, and, and you know, obviously only the second game ever played at Allianz. But let's look at the positives and say the rugby championship, there is one point that separates all four teams. Surely, to go back to last week's conversation about the competition, is thriving due to the uh, uh, the. You know the the changes in the game. Surely this is fantastic moving forward. How close all the teams are.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now look, that that is the bright side. Um, and that's world rugby right now. It's um, it's it's. I, I I genuinely think, um, you know, what am I saying? I genuinely think world rugby right now, <laughs> the the sort of top seven or eight teams have have probably never been closer. Mm. Um, and all it takes is. A card this way, a card that way, a ref this way, a ref that way, a bit of weather, a bit of luck, a bit of continuity, the wrong injury, and anyone can beat anyone. Mm. Um, and it's not even as clear as home in a way. And it, it has definitely made for a really special competition. Um, and I think you're right, Richard, because we probably will be a bit neg at some point in this podcast.
0: Surely that, not. Surely that,
1: not. not below us. So I guess it is, uh, it is important to acknowledge it's, it's an exciting competition um and this little two game format it's pretty juicy mate because everyone's gone one-on-one everywhere all around the globe it's been good fun
0: yeah and it wasn't even the 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 same for the first two games of the of the whatever round you want to call it the the last internationals until it got to the last one so again it it gives credence to your point that the the competition is so close between everyone um do you want to start off with the New Zealand game? Because I'm sure we're going to run a train on um, on Australia, South Africans. No, um... no, let's
1: do the big one. Let's do the wallabies, man. Let, let, let's not hide from it. Let's get in there and do, and do the big one. What did you think, Jim? What are your takeaways?
2: About the game? Yeah. Really struggled to stay watching it. Really struggled. Yeah. Really struggled to stay focused in, locked in, and appreciating the aesthetics of it. It was a stop-start game that had, inconsistencies and contradictions throughout it. Absolutely no question that South Africa absolutely annihilated us completely better than us on that day, but it was just so hard to get into. And I guess at the end of the day, our discipline was really, really poor, but fuck, we got to be better than that. Like I, I came to watch something and it was just so stop starty And it was the first time I felt it. I know it's a common critique at the sport, but, mate, I really struggled. I was watching it with someone who was sort of new to it and trying to sell them on the actual sport, and it was just – it was hard. It was a hard watch.
1: Mate, I, I'm going to Not agree in. with everything you've just said there, Jim. Um, and I'm going to start with the that They beat us, right? They, they genuinely beat us, um, and it was pretty clear pretty early in the game. Um, we got nowhere near the 22. We had no continuity. We lost the physical fight. Um, and, and we'll get to the game, and, and I think the fundamental problem for the Wallabies, um, and I lo- I, for me it's the perfect analogy because I'm a big MMA fan, um, and sometimes you'll see a striker versus a wrestler. And so all camp, all camp they work on not getting taken down by the wrestler um, because that's the strength of the other bloke. And then they get in there and they forget to throw a punch because they're just fixated on not getting taken down. And I felt like that was the Wallabies. They were fixated on stopping the rolling mall. They did it. They were fixated on not getting dominated at scrum time. They did it. They were fixated on diffusing the high ball. They actually did that fantastically all game, except once when it really mattered. Um, but they forgot to fire a shot. Um, it was like they trained so hard at the thing South Africa was good at, they forgot to fire one back. Um, and South Africa truly beat us. Um, I don't think it was particularly close. Um, but, but I actually still think it was a good Wallaby performance. Um, and I'll get to that in a minute and, and I'll justify that claim. Uh, but with that said, I want to go to your other point, Jim. It, it, it was fucking unwatchable. Um, and, and it was a, sh- a real shame. It's a real disgrace. It was Allianz Stadium opening night for Rugby Union. The second night the stadium had ever been opened. A sellout. I don't know when the last time we had a sellout in Sydney was for a test match of rugby. We beat the spring box the week before there was genuine buzz in this country. And I shit you not. There were seven penalties in the first five minutes. If you, the out, if you count the advantages, he was throwing out his arm. Then you have a yellow card with two professional teams playing each other in the first 10 minutes. It was unwatchable in terms of spectacle. Um, And and O'Keefe, everyone said it before the game. He's a clown. His approach to the breakdown just crawls the attacking team, which was just absolutely punishing to watch. Um, It it was unwatchable. South Africans obviously didn't come to play. They came to do what South Africa do and and fair play to them. And we forgot to fire a shot back. We forgot to play in return. Um, And then call a spade a spade. We lost our 10 and 12. We had no shots to fire. Um, it was terrible and inconsistent. It, it was horrific, man. It was horrific. And I was defending myself to League East today. I was like, yeah, but if you watch the Queensland club rugby semi final, it was a cracking game. If you watched Gordon versus Sydney Uni in first grade, even though it was pouring rain, everyone dropped the ball. It was a cracking game. No if you watched, watching that, man. If you watch New Zealand, Argentina, yes, it was a one-sided beating, but the skill, the athleticism, the physicality, it was a cracking game of fast-flowing rugby. But no one was watching that. They were watching this, and it was unwatchable. When rugby is bad, and at the moment, it's probably only one in 10 games, uh, but it feels like one in three. Um, it, it's unwatchable with these fucking TMOs. Oh, it was just so punishing. So I agree with everything you said, Jim. Um, I found it very hard to watch, and I, I can't imagine there's a neutral left there. And, I mean, I tweeted this. They, they cut to a little kid at the end of the game, and they said, on Stadium, your first time watching the Wallabies. What did you think? And the little kid said, I loved the light show at the start. I thought nailed it. That no, was the best part of the game. Unwatchable. Sorry, there's my rant.
0: So, what do you do to to move forward? Okay, because you're not going to be able to change Ben O'Keefe. You know the fact that he referees the way he referees. So, um, I know you lose your 10 and your 12, and the the strategy should be to kick to the corner and press because you don't have the flare out wide, but. How do you teach that uh, adaptability to adapt to the referee and adapt to the game, uh, the changing game situation for the Wallabies to be for? Because I'm not refuting anything that you've just said, but I'm just trying to change the conversation around what can the Wallabies do to be better and what happened on Saturday.
1: And that's the useful conversation, Richard. I'm just not ready to have it. Lose by 50, (laughs) I reckon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just not ready to have it. (laughs) Fuck the TMO off. That's where the conversation should start.
2: Mate, it's not going to happen. Uh, I can't go into another 20-minute talk about how we should change and do that. We played really badly. We sabotaged. South Africa weren't too hot in the attack either, and it was just the recipe for fucking poo.
1: It was poo, mate. It was poo served up. But And, and <clears throat> we've just got to address that one TMO call. If it wasn't like the crowning moment of why you shouldn't have a TMO, Australia had seven consecutive penalties, right? Seven consecutive penalties. We were seven points behind South Africa and we had seven consecutive penalties. How many many
0: consecutive penalties?
1: We were five out from the line and the last penalty was a head high. For some reason, that's a yellow card warning, yet we got one three minutes into the game. I'll I'll never understand those sorts of rules. Um, Seven consecutive penalties. Sorry, check, check. Can we take it back 10 minutes For a stock standard clean out. Even though they had committed foul play with a head high tackle. Now I understand how the laws work. It's fucking absurd. And then we kick off, and 30 seconds later, they do the exact same high shot. And the Timo and the ref said, that's fine, he was falling. Of course it's fine. It's rugby union. It just it that was the moment where I was done. I got up, got a glass of wine. Pushed on with my evening.
2: But <clears throat> point me one player in the world who doesn't try and attack <coughs> tackle. Excuse me, the um the quick tap one out from his line. Who who stands back and goes, "Sorry, man, I'm offside." Yeah, but
1: that's fine. Uh, th- that rule's fine. Whatever.
2: But what shits here with
1: that rule is early, later in the game, we take a quick tap, we get tackled. He said, "Sorry, I didn't have the mark marked out."
2: Yeah, I saw that. But even like the, everyone's can, making that tackle penalty tries. That's fine. It's not a yellow offense, man. Yes, it's very cynical, but the um, the penalty tries enough. Had he been on side, he would have scored. It should. That's that's the solution to that.
1: Can we have fifteen off fifteen to get on? He with
2: scored it? anyway. He scored fucking anyway.
1: Uh, I just that shit. But then like the, the the quick tap later on. It's just what are we doing to ourselves that the that the podcasts are about this. About this shit. It's just, Ugh. and you're right, Richard, you're trying to move the conversation forward. How can the Wallabies tried. better? I tried. But fuck yeah, I'm not ready, mate. It was
0: <laughs> so
1: shit. And, and even the most pragmatic, optimistic Wallaby fan, who's now 48 hours after the fact, sitting there thinking, ah, oh, well, O'Keefe okay, wasn't that bad. He reffed it both ways. Yeah, I'm not saying he was biased. I'm not saying he's partisan. I'm saying that those rules are a farce. Um, all we needed was like a yellow card knockdown, and it just would have. It just. You got been... one. That's
0: what, Vili the, Billy the Roo got one.
1: Did he, did he get one for that? No, he didn't, did he? No, he didn't. didn't. He did. He didn't. They
0: didn't get. He it. did. Check the no. stats, mate. Check no, the he did. stats. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I stopped watching after the Yeah, so, did oh, I, so, so I, so I. I, I, I. just couldn't. I was like, what am I doing, mate? I'd rather watch an average game of rugby league. But, but the answer to, the,
2: to yours, Richard, is um, we're just not very good. What can the Wallabies be better at? Everything.
1: Yeah, sure, but I, 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 I'm going to be nicer on the Wallabies tonight. Um, I, I genuinely think we played 20 minutes of that game with our 15 on the field. So the game starts. They Ben O'Keefe blows us off the park for 10 minutes. Right, that's our fault. Sure, we didn't play well enough. I think O'Keefe can go fuck himself. Some of those penalties were nuts. But anyway, blows us off the park for 10. Then Matt Phillips off the park for 10. So we're playing survival football. Then, all right, we have the full complement of players and then 10 minutes later, Paisami's off the field. And now we have Andrew Kellaway, a fullback, playing in the centres. And then it's half time, and then we find out where tight head can't come on the field. So one prop's got to play 80. Three minutes later, we find out a 5'8's got to come off the field. I actually think it was just a domino effect of, of horrible, freakish incidences. We never saw the Wallabies play. We saw the Wallabies survive. Um, and the fact that they hung in there how they did, um, I think was admirable, but you're probably right, Richard. They probably should have plugged the corners. Um, they, could, they should have kicked better. They should have done many things better. But I actually think 24-8, given, what, 20 minutes of that game? We had a, not even, 15 minutes of that game. We had our 15 on the park in their correct positions. Now that's Dave Running's fault for picking a 6-2 bench. It's just about to get um, to
0: that actually selection.
1: Yeah, it, that's Dave Rennie's fault, right? But fuck, you know, it, it's gone wrong two weeks in a row. He's picked a 6'2 and we've had injuries, and it's blown up on us. Um, but you're not beating South Africa. Who we all came in here a month ago and said we're the best in the world, with a halfback playing on the wing, a fullback playing in the centre, um, you know, no five-eight, and a prop playing eighty. You, you, no one's beating South Africa with that mm-hmm. setup. Um, regardless of everything else.
0: I just want to go back to that comment about the 6-2 bench, and I completely agree with it, and that's something that needs to be talked about more, Uh, particularly the makeup of the 6-2 bench. Obviously, you've got a scrum half uh, as one of your options, and I understand that, and then Callaway. But I feel like it's not very smart with the selection either because you're you're hedging your bets on Hodge being able to play 15, centre, 12, uh, and also fly half. Uh, And if one injury goes down, even if it be one, let alone – Two or three, you're actually moving many, many players around just to fit the teams that you've got or the players that you've got. Um, and I just want to know what your thoughts are on the reason why he did that. But you, do you think he's just happy to to chop and change and to move them and and, and hedge his bets, or the fact is that he doesn't have trust in the in the wider squad at the moment, Jim? What were your
2: thoughts? Well, it's got to be trust in the wider squad, but the people that he does trust are pretty like for like. Mm. Um, it, it, Tom Wright and Kellaway, I know they're not, but at their core, they offer the same thing. kellaway has got a little more experience in centres, but those two people cover the exact same position. Yeah, uh, which is probably not what you're after. A real issue is uh, injuries before the game, but even look, I don't know who you'd pick. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't have the solution. I'm looking at the squad in front of me, and everyone, I don't see someone who's covering the centre position consistently. Like, if you pick Ketty, mate, that's it. He can give you one position. He's not helping out anywhere else.
1: Yeah, it's – I mean, we, we God, we've been unlucky. This is what I was thinking today, and take it with a pinch of salt because last week I was saying, pick the same 23. They beat South Africa, so you've got to pick and stick. But I guess the thought I had is all of the X-factor players, the players that, you know, you thought the potential was, was through the roof, how good could they be um, – None of them are in this team. Now, a lot of that's injury. So Quade Cooper, Samu Krevy, Parise. uh, None of them can be in that team, those X-Factor players. But at the start of the year, I would have had Vunavalu in that category. I would have had Pataia in that category. I would have had Tate McDermott in that category. Um, I would have had all of Tupo in that category. And it feels like not one of the X-factor players at the start of the year, except maybe Marika, maybe Valentini, um, is a consistent starter in Dave Rennie's side. I think a, a lot of that's not his fault, right? A lot of them got injured, but, and, and, and none of them have delivered when they've had the opportunity. But not one of those blokes that I've mentioned that I thought, and I'd put in there Harry Wilson as well. Um, those blokes that I thought the sky was the limit, they could change Australian rugby at the start of the year, none of them have got a consistent run in Dave Reddy's team. And you're looking at his team and you're seeing a a, a team of performers who I thought we saw at their at their peak the week before now take that with a grain of salt because last week i was frothing on all of them it's a bit of recent game bias but you know you know what i mean the superstar pataya vunavalu parise karevi the the team you were salivating over tupo dominating other front rows now he hasn't that's his fault he hasn't dominated them um but even he's been injured the whole time it just feels like whether it's running's fault for not picking Vunavalo week in, week out and actually giving him some minutes or they haven't been good enough. It just feels like it's all a bit mediocre. Like when you're arguing between Hodge and Kellaway, I think we sit down to pick a Wallaby squad before the international season. I don't know if either of them are in it. I
0: think and, right, it and,
1: and right now they're about our best two backs.
2: But to go easy on Rennie, no one's putting their hand up. I mean, I mean, the back seemed like the issue. They seemed to be the focal point of what we're talking about. But no one in their back line is doing him any favours by putting their hands up and putting back-to-back performances together. Um, this time last year, mate, the world knew that Kellaway was a, was a vet, was in form, was one of the contenders for the John Eels medal. Um, it was well known. But now, like, there's not one person in that back line who has put consistent enough performances together to warrant any praise. Or... Oh, yeah, all right. outside of him. But even he was a bit lacklustre the weekend. Yeah, just gone.
1: I think he was injured, mate. I think he did mm. his calf in the first half. That's why he didn't get up for that gatch, and he wasn't running much. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think he was playing on fumes because there was no one left on the bench. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, to your point, though, to your point, though, Jim, you are right that no one other than Marika has really jumped up and said, "Give me that shirt," and I am holding onto this, and God damn, you try and take that off me, and um, to do that through their performance, now in defense of the players is because of the the lack of cohesion. Um, I think it's really hard to therefore then cement that place and get that continuity together. And I think Dave Reddy has been um, shorthanded by the number of injuries. Um, but the bigger bigger picture is you could take this and say, look, you actually are building a bigger squad now because of obviously all the injuries you've allowed other players to experience international football. And maybe this does stand you in good stead moving forward because you have a, a bigger pool of players to step forward uh, or to show. Uh, uh,
1: I, I like that optimism. Richard, but I reckon they're underdone. Mm. Like, I don't think vunavalu has got the minutes. Bataille doesn't have the position. Tupo doesn't have the minutes. Bell doesn't have the minutes. Parecki doesn't have the minutes. Wilson doesn't have the minutes. Um, Parise doesn't have the minutes. Quake Cooper doesn't have the time in the saddle. Mm. Um, Tate McDermott doesn't have the minutes. So all of those X-Factor guys I've named, can any of them really feature next year's mm. World Cup? Or are they, or are they blokes I'm talking about, the year after the World Cup. Now, I like think does, the- does Rennie have to stick with the Hodge, with Kellaway, with Wright?
0: Look, maybe I'm wrong, but my interpretation on my definition of an X factor is that they are, as the word suggests, someone that come in that comes in and does something absolutely brilliant. Doesn't It cannot always be relied on because they don't always potentially have the nuances of a regular player, but you would always put them in because they are the one that could be the absolute difference, and you would always have them on the bench to come on and make, and make a change. And talking about players that did come out and make a change, I think Rory Arnold has done very well overseas, uh, but I think Darcy Swain did very well defensively at the line-out um, and also his work ethic around, around the park. And I, I think he is the long-term option more so than Rory Arnold. And look, like I championed Rory Arnold back in, and I'm not saying he's not done exceptionally well, but I uh, I just feel that Darcy, Darcy Swain needs to get that number, number four jersey on and, and stick with it because I think he is more so than Harry Wilson, particularly, and a few of the others you mentioned. He has the potential to be an X factor in the
2: forwards for me. And that yeah, suspension agreed. was a real shame. He had his opportunity here. Um, mm. I'm, on, I'm on him as well. And, and Pistol Pete's the other form player in our squad who, mate, fuck, doesn't he deserve a starter?
1: And, know, and Valentini. I'd say he's one of those X Factor players that have grabbed a jersey and said, no one's taking this jersey off me. Fuck, yeah. I'd like yeah. to
2: see him avoid a chop, though. I would love to see him dodge a chop.
1: It's yeah. tough, though, the lines he runs, right? They're advertised. Like,
2: and the pace are. in which he runs them. They you are, out, but
1: you send out the memo nice and early off the line out that what he's doing, and he's such a big unit, the chop's your only option.
0: I, I agree with that, but you look at the top eights. Uh, and ball ball carrying players, it's the footwork just before the contact to be able to, even if they do chop you, uh, your team has is, is still got the forward m- momentum to take you forward. And at times he's still a bit upright and a bit, you know, I'm just trying to bash the shit out of you and run over you. And I think he just needs to show that little bit more more footwork at, at, the, at the line to be able to make it easier for the next player. Because it, it, it then makes the, uh, the, the jackal harder from the other team as well.
2: Yeah, then why? And that. someone needs to run off him, mate. The chop is a sure thing. It opens up to the offload of the quick pop.
1: Yeah, yeah. the tip-on worked a treat in the first test against South Africa. Um, and when we got it going in this test, the tip-on ball was working really, really well too. Keith just never let that many phases go. Like, I, I that, couldn't tell you how many times the Wallabies had a few phases. Just love to pin the attacking team. You, the way gonna, he sees the game is anti-fun, mate.
0: You're going to shit on me for saying this, and I'm okay with it, but I do like the fact that he does call the people in from the side because I've said this on here many podcasts ago saying that it, we don't seem to referee for uh, guys coming in at the side. At least he does pick up on that. And um, Sure, but we can't just change the rules in the middle no, of the no, no.
1: season. Like, no, I we think can't he's not
0: ref it all year.
1: I agree or, with that point. He can't be the one bloke refing it and then no one else is. I like you that. can't expect players to adapt to that. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think maybe it skews too far to the attacking team. But you can kind of a lone ranger. It's, it's not fair on the players or the fans. Um, and, and I actually thought that with the New Zealand-Argentina game. I don't know if we're ready to segue there. But, yeah, New Zealand fans spanked them. They were sensational this week. And an Argentina, average, they look hungover. But it was just refed differently by Barry. It was ref by a Southern Hemisphere ref. Um, Do you the realize South
0: Africa is in the, summer, the Southern Hemisphere yet? Yeah?
1: No, I know, but they play in the US now. Um, no, no, but I'm talking about the I'm way that game, New yeah. Zealand Argentina, was ref was com- raft completely differently in a way that benefits mm. the way New Zealand plays Super Rugby. So they looked like they were playing super rugby.
0: it's, it's a the c- week
1: before, it looked like they were playing European rugby and they could not adjust. Even when they had Argentina on the ropes, they would concede a stupid penalty. Um, and then this week, they looked like they were just flowing. It was never going to stop them, the breakdown. I- the way it's ref just changes the outcome.
0: And look, last thing, because I want to just touch on South Africa before we jump to the QE. The you know, I don't disagree with you, but it's very reminiscent of the Autumn Series or whatever we want to call it, uh, where the first game, Australia beat England quite comfortably, you know, with a, in a certain way it was refereed, and then England beat one quite comfortably in the second game because it was refereed in a different way. So I agree with that. We do need to have some sort of, a, um, I don't know, powwow come together. Have a sleepover, guys. Yeah, come come together because... When it comes to a rugby semi-final, a rugby World Cup, quarterfinal, semi-final, um, we want the referee to be, um, you know, anonymous. Um, ob- oblivious, anonymous, whatever word you want to play um, and not thinking, oh, this is going to, fa- this is going to obviously benefit one team or the other. Um, so, yeah, it needs to be, something needs to be sorted out. Just stick to one way or the other. But talking about South Africa, I think it'd be remiss of us not to talk about a couple. And I have to say, you shot on uh, Francois Stain last week. Um, uh, when he came out, what a beautiful flat pass he gave for that, uh, I think it was the, the, the Pimpy try in the corner, just, you know. Um, he's too fat, man. Yeah, he is, but wonderful pass for, to Vili LaRue before he shoveled it for pimpy Great finish by Mepimpy. How Most good's
1: Vili LaRue, mate? They, they, well, every time he doesn't play, I, I don't understand. I can't believe he's still playing, man. But, but he's very, very good, mate. Whenever yeah. he isn't 15... They look so one-dimensional. With him at 15 in that outside centre channel, he he Mm. can do everything. He'll kick, he'll pass, he'll throw an inside ball, he'll run it himself. He is such a point of difference Mm. in this team. Absolutely. Um, I thought he just carved them open. And you know what?
0: And you know what? You talked about the back row potentially being the the best back row. Last week, uh, Khaleesi stood up, uh, performed Vice uh, was Jasper. Vice was was better than and what has been recently. He, he stepped up and Mostert Was as loose and as dynamic as ever. So, I thought there was a few South African players uh, who really stood up in that game. And um, I know we shouldn't. We should obviously we're focusing on the on the Wallabies, but there was a lot of good performances from the Bockeys this week too.
1: Yeah, I thought. I, I didn't think they were amazing though.
0: No, I no, think. but they never. Considering are. They, won a, they won a World Cup, never being amazing. You know, yeah, I'll to. pay that. They don't need to. You're right. Um,
1: their forwards, you know, they won fifty-five forty-five. They they never smashed us. They just won the contacts enough all day, um, and they just got the job done. Uh, I, I I just want to say, Mapimpi's yellow card was just bullshit. That was okay. For Mario carding because he felt bad about the Ella Toa one. That wasn't a yellow card. What are you talking about? That that was worse than fafs. Like that was great. He just scored a great try. And just wanted to let Marika know, I got one this week, buddy. Five seconds if, later, they were shaking and hugging it out.
0: If you ever wanted if you wanted to yellow someone out of that melee, it, it should have been uh, what's-its-face. That's uh, a beth. That's a beth for, the, uh, for the, the claw in the face. Uh, I,
1: I tweeted it at the time that those handbags was just the players frustrated at Ben O'Keefe. That's all that was. They had just had their fucking feel that they never got to play any rugby. Um, and it just erupted in petty little push and shove, um, but that's the ref just letting it boil over all game and just never letting them. I don't know if anyone burnt
2: a calorie this week, mate. There was no football play, and that's the that should be the motto, mate. Let the boys play. We need, you know, what we need. I was thinking about this on the way home. Um, we need a Saudi-backed competition. <laughs>
0: oh, I like this. <laughs>
2: That, you know, we get the best players for the best prize. You know, we, we, we privatise and we offer a product that competes with the current one. That's the issue. It's a monopoly.
1: A, a little breakaway.
2: A little Saudi back. That's the important part.
1: Let, let us come up with the rules. That's a couple of A couple of rule changes. Rule one, Timo can take a hike.
2: And we have a rival World Cup in Yemen.
1: Yeah, and, and make the jerseys shiny. <laughs> Don't they always do that when they start a new comp? Just get the and jerseys. we let the boys play. Get the jerseys a little more shiny in Yemen.
2: <laughs> Some <laughs> concussion not... clause on the billion-dollar contract that lets it all fly. And
1: I reckon That's... over
2: there you're safe as house.
1: Sebastian, <laughs> <So imagine laughs> there's a lot of concussions in Yemen given the Civil War. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and oh, we dear. see where how far this goes. And just yeah,
1: just challenge, just throw something up to the status quo because this was absolute pus from start to finish. Um, I did just want to say Moody. There's talk of this kid, the sky's the limit, hundred test springbok. Seen, I've seen analogies to JP Peterson and Brian Habana. Obviously, too early for anything like that, but fucking good on the kid, mate. He, he jumped over Australia's best Correbetti and scored a sensational individual try. And that's what South Africa does. And it was sort of at that point there were ten points clear, and it was all over. So good on that kid, eh? Yeah, very, very well hyped. He'd be one of my uh, first signings in the Yemeni league. That's what I was. Yemeni league.
2: Yeah, uh, he'd make a good dollar, man.
1: Yeah, he would. <laughs> Get him in the first round of the draft, and bring back a few oldies. Get Campo back. Just some big boys to run at him. So he all, shuts of it. Up. all of it. All of it. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, all in all, just just a train wreck of a. It's just really depressing, mate. Father's Day, I got the okay to sit there and watch three games in a row. I went for Sydney. You need to lose. They won. I wanted Argentina to just hang in there. They got belted, and I sat through this shit for two hours.
2: And that's the worst part. I know I've said this on here before, man. I negotiated the shit out of that four-hour time slot. I said, if you give it to me, I'll do your paint and sip next weekend. And was it worth it?
0: No, it wasn't.
2: Those paint and sips, man, I've seen them. They look <laughs> brilliant. So when, you get, when are you going to the paint and sip, Jim? Please let us know. What I, uh, I think it's the 17th.
1: Every minute of that paint <laughs> and sip, I want you to just oh, the think tenth. Ben O'Keefe blowing his whistle.
2: That's what I mean, man. Maybe I'll come up with a very like. Should be telling me to paint like some beach or whatever I'm just doing.
1: You hell. Just anger <laughs> coming out of that brush.
2: Just painting Yemen. <laughs> just <laughs> oh, I
0: did. Just turn it into a Jackson Pollock. Just throw paint at it, mate, and just drink wine, and you'll be all right.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. But how is this next All Blacks? The the slows on the Thursday.
1: Yeah, I tweeted that, and people had very rational, logical explanations for it. You the AFL, like,
0: you didn't like that, did you?
1: No, I wanted some passion. The AFL owned the stadium, therefore they wouldn't let rugby be there on the other two days. The MCG, not good for rugby. The other, what's the stadium Rebels played? Amy, it. Amy. Too small, only sees 25,000. Um, all right, I've got an answer. Ready? Don't play
0: it in Melbourne.
2: They get They the got, they yeah. owe
0: one. Yeah, they, they wrote a test, yeah. The See, answer
2: is Amy Park, mate. No one's going anyway. The answer is Yemen. <laughs> It'd be a better time slot, surely.
1: Um, yeah, I, like it's like, I don't know. What are we? Cho- it's like we're trying to kill um, sports and rugby. From what I've heard, Al Thawah Sports City in Yemen goes all right.
2: <laughs> You've looked it up, haven't you?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that Thursday decision's just bonkers to me. Absolutely. It seems like a logical I understand the decision. Can I
0: just say it, that's the bonkers part, not the breakaway tournament. <laughs> no, the breakaway tournament makes perfect sense. Uh, I just want to clarify. Yeah, which be bonkers or not? Uh, <sighs> Don't just... get me wrong.
2: I'll be stoked on the Thursday. Oh. oh, that's right. The Lays on. That's awesome. Yeah, is it school holidays? No, mm, no, mate.
1: No. What? What do you mean it's not?
0: No,
2: no it's, we have I to mean, go to work. So
0: therefore, it's not school holidays. We're often, we're often on holidays. <laughs> <laughs> You maybe, mate. Most of us have to go to work. Um, do you want to just quickly just dust it at the uh, the Argentina New Zealand game? Just it was just outplayed. Just New Zealand, just too big, too strong, breakdown. Uh, was They were so dominant out and just very, very good in open play. I don't really Look, they just
2: never uh, took the foot off the throat, did they? Outgunned, no. outmanned.
1: Yeah, and that's New Zealand, right? Once they're ahead, they're, they're a train that can't be stopped. The, the problem for them is the consistency. Um, can they do this again, you know? I don't let's know, Rico find, had a blinder.
0: Let's find out. 17th of September, right?
1: Eh? Yeah, Thursday. No, I'm probably watching, <laughs> so it doesn't matter anyway.
2: Yeah, crazy. Because then it's at Eden Park, you know, the Hoodoo, one of the mo- most successful stadiums for the All Black team. Where are we playing? The Docklands, Victoria. <laughs> Marvel Stadium is going to be electric, <laughs> I'm sure. On fire, mate. Wait till they get under 25 there and be like, ah, should have just had it at Amy. <laughs> hey, mate, it's all right. They'll just interview the same kid at the end. Well,
0: oh, did you love the game?
2: Yeah, the fireworks were amazing.
1: Lights were fantastic.
2: Mate, mm. I, I, I put on the AFL on the weekend and, my God, that the G was rocking.
1: Yeah, like, they really you know it. That
2: Collingwood like, game. Like, I, pff, it's a scramble, mate. It's an orgy as far as I'm concerned, but it is, it was pumping. There was a vibe in that final quarter that I miss.
1: Yeah. No, no complaints here. Like, AFL is, is, it's humming. Um, I can't, I can't get into it though. No. Yeah. Right. Sad. Just, no, no. Yeah, just doesn't do it for me. Mm.
0: All right, boys, should we project forward to, 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 <laughs> next, to next week? I, don't know. <laughs> I was just still thinking then. Uh, what, what, what are your picks, boys? Uh, so, obviously, the, the Bladisley first Yeah, not round. good. Score. Come on, give us the score. What do you reckon?
1: Mate, I'm genuinely really worried about Australia because Paisami and Lollasio, from my understanding, have both failed the second HIA assessment, which keeps them out for 12 days. Um, and because the game is on a Thursday, I think they're only right to start contact, like, the day before the game um, is my understanding, so they wouldn't be able to train. The game's on the 12th day. Well, there you go. Something like that. I think they're, they're cleared the day before, so they basically would be man? able to do What's your Well, prediction? if we don't have a 10 and we don't have a 12 and Research, we don't mate, have Chupo and we don't pre- have Corabetti.
0: You were lording over, let's play Reece Hodge last week. You were like, well, the week before, just play him. So he's your first choice. No, I was
1: saying Reese Hodge needs to play 15 week in, week out. And I actually admired that Rennie refused to move him from 15 this weekend to actually give him a good go there. And he was safe as houses. The problem is if you want to do that, you can't pick a 6-2 bench. No. It's one or the other, so I don't understand. I think he's made the decision that Reese Hodge is uh, a 15. I think Mm. Bernard Foley's playing 10. Against the All Blacks. Okay. I, I genuinely do. And I, and I think Fikedi's playing 12. So I think it's going to be the TARS of three years ago. Like it is not a good team that we're naming, is what I'm telling you.
0: So what's the scoreline going to be? It, it
1: just all depends on those selections and fitness.
0: All right, uh, I lost Jim. Jim, what's the scoreline going to be? All Blacks by 20. Thanks, mate. Yeah. No worries. We've got, we, we got there. Uh, what about the. Uh, the what do you blue? think, Richard? Yeah, I reckon All Blacks by 20. I just think for your reason, I don't think everyone's going to be back fit, and I think there's too many uh, moving parts. So I hope I'm wrong because I want it to be a close game, um, but I just I don't think it will be that, that, that great
2: a game, if I'm honest. We just okay. can't pull it out of the back pocket in 12 days. Like There's just not the cattle, you know?
1: But is it time to pull a few of the Ferraris out of the garage?
2: No, I reckon put it's... Put
1: in the centre, put Vinavalo on the wing.
2: Oh, no. I don't know if I'd call those Ferraris, but I, the logic, yeah, I'm in. I reckon you throw some of those out there. Give, K-
1: give... K- Kellaway to 15, Hodge to 10, fucking mixer, mix and match. Keep him guessing.
2: No, no, no. Don't no, hedge to 10, mate. Get start, Tate. get a few lambs out out there. See if they... I was, they t- I- I was thinking
1: about Nick White today. He's obviously... Integral to the entire Wallaby setup, he does the kickoffs, he does the clearing kicks, he does.
2: Maybe he's the kicks. only one holding it all together. He is, but but i was
1: just wondering if that's to our detriment a little bit sometimes. Because I think you know, you go back to the Fury Dupree days that rugby was played out of nine. Um, I think it's played out of ten these days. Maybe maybe France is the anomaly, but sometimes I just think we play out of nine a bit too much and we're just a bit slow. Um, you know, but then Tate comes on and he fucking can't pass. So, I don't know. Gordon Gordon looked all right on the wing. So,
2: I don't know. I think it's all about it's it's playing the second phase. It's playing the pop. It's playing the ad line. Like, we expect not to make it, and we're always just sort of one, two upping out the back door. Like, there's not much ad line made off the shoulder of someone running, like, not even option. Like, we don't play those angles.
1: Yeah, and and we don't even get up their arse either for the clean-out. It was, mm, that's the problem. it was just lazy on that mm. front. But I, I don't know. I, I think and it's not surprising when you win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one all season. This isn't a surprising comment. But we're at the end of the international season, a year out from the World Cup, that then, it's all planning for this. I don't even fuck just win these competitions. But anyway, and I still have no idea who our first 15 is. I think you could argue that the team that played on the weekend bar two or three blokes is Australia 8. By the time the World Cup comes around, like I said, that, cons- little... that concerns me.
2: We'll throw a little comp out there, mate. If anyone can tweet the team that gets picked, you got till the end of yeah, Thursday, like that. Thursday six PM. If you can tweet the exact team that gets picked for the Thursday night game,
0: I oh, okay. Fact. I thought we were going to say for the first game of the World Cup. No, Do, no. Uh, does does the winner get to go with a paint and sit with you, Jim? No, they can come on
1: the pod. Oh. <laughs> you can go on the pod, and we'll do a paint and sip during the pod.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. Any other rugby news? Are we, or I'm assuming, uh, sorry, we just need to be remiss of us not to talk about Argentina, South Africa, in Argentina, um, lots of travel. Just wait, just to stipulate full 23,
2: mate. Keep going. Okay.
0: Uh, predictions, or we, do we have to wait for the team as well? What do we think? South Africa?
1: Just How can you not
0: tip them? Yeah. South Africa.
1: Yeah.
2: Jim? Yeah, it's got to be the Bucks.
1: But I'm interested in the money line, boys.
2: Yeah, same. They're going to go Bucks. It's it's too easy to pick that one. Good job, Jim.
1: I like that. So we'll wait till the money line comes out. It's the same with Australia and New Zealand, to be fair, because of Mm. course you're tipping New Zealand in two horse race.
0: All right. Not much rugby, no other rugby news either of you want to discuss?
2: Ah, no, survey is not is not coming over, which is a huge win. I'll take that. I'll take that too. Ah, they'll still beat us by twenty, but
1: <laughs>
2: um so Uni get fucked. I was like, oh fuck, I was off that.
1: They they genuinely deserved it. I thought though, did they? Yeah, Only they won late. I just No, I just thought they were the better side. You know what I did think watching that and catching a little bit of the finals of the club rugby is because I probably used to watch it quite seriously, say a decade ago. Um, I used to find when the Super Rugby and the Wallabies had come back, it would be like, all right, you're not that much better. And it would kind of, I would always think that was quite interesting how, you know, they were obviously better, but because they weren't part of the systems and the setup, there Mm. wasn't that much in it. You watch it now, mate. The Super Rugby players who come back, they are so much better than the Club Mm. Rugby players. Mm. Like I thought Sam Tallagai single-handedly destroyed Gordon the entire day. And he's a, 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 you know, a bit of a nothing super rugby player, isn't he? Mm. Um, and it's just the gap between that semi-professional and professional is, is a fucking chasm at the moment, mm. um, an absolute chasm. And I think, yeah, anyway, that, that, that was my takeaway.
0: Mm, awesome. Sounds good. Yeah, thanks, boys, for for the chat, and uh, looking forward to the the game next Thursday. Hopefully, uh, you boys will be in an upbeat mood after a Wallaby win. Oh
2: God, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah,
0: looking forward to it. All right, catch oh. you, boys. See right. you, boys.